from BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. This is the Bethany Vikings Podcast, hosted by Brock Aker. Welcome to the third episode of the Bethany Vikings Podcast. Keep telling your friends and family about the Bethany Vikings Podcast as an episode will come out each and every Monday talking about Bethany Viking Athletics. Today, I'll talk about women's basketball briefly before getting into two different interviews. The first one with Kyrie Mayfield and Trenton Krieger of the men's basketball team, followed by track and field participants Marissa Voss and Ben Twite. So first, let's start with the women's basketball here briefly before getting those two interviews. The Vikings coming off a win, the women's team against North Central winning in an exciting fashion, 80 to 77 to stay undefeated on the road 7-0 but it didn't come easy as the Vikings were in a tough fought game against North Central where Hannah Geisfeld gave the Vikings a lead of 26 seconds converting an and one to give them a four-point lead North Central battled back though hit a three-pointer to cut it to one with nine seconds but they don't follow Abby Olsen and with until 0.3 seconds where she knocks down both free throws to give the Vikings an 80-77 to 77 lead. North Central had 0.3 seconds to try to get up a shot, but it didn't go in. And the Vikings keep their school record win streak going now up to 13. Hannah Geisfeld in that game came up huge with 27 points, 13 rebounds. Abby Olsen right behind with 23, and then Kenley Pileski scored 10, as well as Laura Ellingheisen. So all four of those girls got into double figures to get them another win in the UMAC, and they're still solely in first place in the UMAC. They have to face Northwestern coming up this week. Northwestern this week, they lost to Minnesota Morris, and then they played MLC, which they beat on Saturday. The Vikings had Saturday off, but so they're well-rested for Northwestern. Northwestern is 10-3 in the conference. The Vikings are all on, like I said, first in the conference at 11-1. Superior is right in the middle, 10-2. We had Abby Olsen and Hannah Geisfeld on last week, and I asked them about that Northwestern and what are they going to try to do differently and how that loss 59-52 right before Christmas break affected them. And they just talked about that game saying overall it was not a good game. And they're right. They did struggle shooting the basketball. They only shot 25.4% from the field, 21.8% from the three-point line, and 57.1% from the free throw line. So they're going to try to – they didn't score in the second quarter. Just doing the little things, cleaning up just the little stuff. They have a decent shot. They said it's going to be harder because it's going on the road. But they are playing a lot better lately and defensively, and they're hot. Like They kept on going this week with a 13-game win streak. So that one will be a fun one. Now, two more interviews to go. First, Kyrie Mayfield and Trenton Krieger. I'm here with the two Viking leading scorers, former first-team all-conference players Kyrie Mayfield and Trenton Krieger. We'll talk about the, their accolades this season, the California trip, and at the end, we'll have a very fun rapid-fire section. Kyrie was the first-team all-conference and freshman of the year last year. Trenton was the second-team and all-defensive team last year. And two seasons ago, he was on the first-team all-conference. They're coming off their 11th straight win against North Central, winning 97-62. to How are we doing, guys? How was the game last night in North Central? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, um, same. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the game's pretty fun. It was up-tempo. Um, we kind of got out on them pretty early. So. Yeah, we didn't give them a chance. Mm-hmm. They, we got out there, we played well together, and we knew it was over from the beginning because of the way we came out. Nice. I was watching a little bit on the stream. That North Central court, does it look like a high school court to you guys playing from like our vantage point? It just looked weird. Like there's no benches. It's just Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty small and compact. So uh, with one side of bleachers, I mean, kind of is what it is. Yeah, having that wall on the other side really <coughs> tightens things up and not as much space as our gym and some other gyms. It's really small. So yeah. nice court, but the surrounding facility mm-hmm. areas, not the greatest. Yeah. But. Nice. So you played against Dandy Witt, like your former coach. Is it different playing against a guy you know so much? Any difference in the game plan or you just play? I mean, honestly, I think it makes it a little bit more competitive for both teams due to the simple fact that, like, he went here or coached here, so his team is trying to fight for him. And then it's like us at Bethany just letting him know, like, all right, you left us, you kind of – kind of messed up on that so we gonna show you why we are who we are yeah, yeah for me I'm he's I've he's been my coach for two years and he's been the the big coach too so he's worked with me and kind of seeing him now on the other side of the the bench is a little different and some of the things I've done and learned are because of him and yeah you know it's something good to to say that you know he's helped it's me specifically in a lot of ways um but yeah, it's a little weird to see him on the other side, but I definitely agree that it's a little, lot more competitive knowing that somebody from our team is now over there. He knows how we play. We know how he's going to uh, coach his team. So mm-hmm. It's all love for DeWitt, though. Mm-hmm. All love. Nice. So we'll just little get a little more of background from you guys. So what made you fall in love with basketball? Oh, I mean, honestly, it kind of just runs in the genes. I mean, I've been doing it since – I came out the wound, honestly. I've always had a basketball in my hand. So, yeah, about second grade is when I started. So I've been playing ever since then. So it's always been a passion for it. Nice. Yeah, I've had a brother play um, throughout his high school career and everything. And uh, my dad was a coach. So I just kind of, by the time I can remember, I was basketball in my hand, little hoop in mm-hmm. the in the living room playing with a little ball and everything. So it's, yeah, I definitely had a ball in the hand for Many years Many I can years. remember. Nice, nice. Uh, so, Trenton, you came from Minnesota Duluth. You played, you even started games your freshman year there. So how different is D2 to D3, like the competition-wise? What do you think? Um, I think competition-wise is definitely there's a big difference just in the size of people. Um, I mean, it's kind of – I played the five up there as well. And in some leagues you'd think – I mean, I'm a tall guy, but – there's some big dudes up there. You get some grown men. I mean, you add another 30 pounds. But the way Fletch has his playing, um, I mean, I can't really tell a difference. I mean, he treats us like Division Two. Mm-hmm. He plays us like Division Two. I mean, we definitely uh, do a lot more than normal schools at this level, and I think that's something great. Um, but, yeah, there's a big difference in the, the style of uh, people and play. Nice. Kyrie, did you have any other offers or what ended up being your decision picking Bethany? Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I did have a, a a good amount of offers, but um, I actually committed to St. Thomas before I committed here at Bethany, but 
the waiting list to get into St. Thomas was too long. So oh, really? I kinda yeah, I kinda just said, All right. Fletch was like when I when I came here for a visit it was more like Fletch was like, All right, you're gonna be the guy to come off ball screens and facilitate for us and he was like, I'm gonna have the ball a lot in my hands and he kinda made he kinda made things sound pretty good to me, so Nice. So what are you guys' majors and what do you want to do after college? I seen on like the Bethany page, Trent, you wanted to play maybe overseas after this. Do you guys plan on playing after college or you think you're going to go right into the workforce? I know you're a couple of years away, Kyrie, so yeah. you have a little time to think about, but what are you thinking, Trent, right now? Uh, for me, I don't know. It's kind of, it's definitely a thought back in the day, you know, when it first started, but now it's just getting a lot closer. I mean, the body's taking a lot of hits from years and years of wear and tear and stuff like that um I mean it's something fun that you know if it happens it happens but if it doesn't happen there's I know there's more than just basketball um and graduating in May it's kind of coming up fast so that's something that's kind of scary but I know that being here at Bethany Fletch has definitely made it a lot easier to get out into that world whatever I end up doing okay sweet let's move on to now talking more about this year you guys started five and five so a little bit slow Kyrie I know you're struggling kind of compared to your own standards at the beginning of the year what was your mindset early on um I mean just stay patient uh I know for uh later on I was just gonna get the get my groove back uh I mean I just had to stay aggressive keep trusting my teammates talking about getting your groove back I thought that California trip for you guys was really what got you guys going. How Can you explain how that California trip went? You were the MVP, Kyrie. Uh, Krieger, you're on the first team for the tournament as well. Can you explain like what how it was in California, how fun that was? I, I think it was it was a lot of fun. Hey. I mean, from yeah. the plane, we started off kind of weird. We got off the plane yeah. at like, I don't know, early in the afternoon, and we ended up walking to our car or our van rental place because they wouldn't drop us off at the right spot. Mm -hmm. So we sat for like four to five hours just walking, yeah. <laughs> walking LA. And I mean, it was a good experience though because we were all together. I mean, everything we did, if it was like that sitting there, it was still good memories and we'd laugh about it now. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say it was just a way better environment um, coming from Minnesota where it's all cold and dark and then you go out to california it's like all right you got sun it's hot you you know so you, my our spirits were way up and we just i don't know it was just a different feeling yeah because i mean waking up and having practiced yeah. that day is like oh it's like 50 yeah, yeah who cares practice outside yeah. maybe actually <laughs> we probably could have because where we came from mm -hmm. but yeah. they were all thinking we were cold and we went to yeah uh well, Venice Beach. Yeah, we Venice went there Beach. and everybody was looking at us like, well, you guys are definitely yeah. not from here, but we were loving it. Mm -hmm. So I saw some pictures. Did you guys go on the UCLA campus and look how cool is that to see like some wooden statues and one of the most premier mm, basketball yeah. colleges? That was a very good experience. I enjoyed it a lot. Just to get that whole feeling of the whole D1 campus was pretty cool. Yeah, and then being one of the premier ones too, it's like, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people dream about playing there, and you're a kid, and you know, playing in those big arenas and being able to see it, and uh, I mean, they didn't have to let us do that, but they did, and they took time out of their day to let us go see the locker room and everything. We got to, I think, one of the cool ones was seeing Sharif O'Neal's mm -hmm. locker. 
he's not there anymore but it was still pretty cool to yeah. see somebody like that yeah, that's pretty sweet um so you increased your winning streak last night to 11 and that started in california but the amazing thing is the last 10 games you guys won have been by 10 points or more so you've been really dominating you scored six 100 point games this season including your season high this past saturday against scholastica and now you're 16 and 5. what's really changed after like the california trip what can you explain this dominant run um definitely our team chemistry i mean that california trip kind of like brought us all together it was like we were all there in the same hotel so we spent a lot of time together in vans and things like that so definitely we got used to playing with each other and it just kept going from there yeah because i mean a lot of those games before that california trip were obviously non-conference mm -hmm. and after that california trip give us some time away from here and everything and then got right into conference um yeah our, our chemistry's gotten a lot better and our defense has too we've played a lot better knowing that I mean, we know we can score on offense anytime we want we just got to get stops on defense and when we do that that gives us our 100 point games because mm -hmm. we're stopping we're stopping them and then getting on the go right away and i think score. i also think just being out in california and beating you know out-of-state teams mm -hmm. kind of gave us like that confidence like oh, okay we can play with we can we can really do this yeah, you, you kind of talked about, like, coming with Fletch and his system. You guys are kind of playing like an NBA system. You're yeah. averaging over 91 points. You guys have probably the most lethal pick and roll easily in the conference. Can you explain, like, how you what you're reading out there, like, in the pick and roll and how you guys – because you've practiced that probably every day and it's yeah. every unstoppable. Day. Every day, every yeah. day. I mean, Fletch, he kind of, like he, – he picks the defense for me. He kind of tells me, like, who to read, when to read it when to throw certain passes, when to score, you know what I mean? So, yeah, Fletch is, Fletch is pro probably one of the best coaches I've ever had, for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of, for me, being the role man, it's kind of like football when the wide receiver just turns and you know that ball is going to be coming to you before you even, mm -hmm. you know, see it. And it's kind of the same thing after you set that roll, it's, or after you set the pick, it's you roll and then, I mean, the pass is going to be there. And I know somebody like Kyrie can get that there and if it's not obviously he saw something that he didn't pass it and he uh, can go anywhere else get kickouts to the other corners and it's just something that uh, every day in practice we do that and we just gotten so good at it I was just curious like when I announced some of the games I think you would be like a great tight end Krieger did you play any football in high school or I, uh, I played one year of football and that was in third grade and okay. I, was, I was the running back, oh, really? and uh, that was my start and uh, end of my football <laughs> career. I I was definitely told to play in high school, but I was never a big fan of playing just because I knew everything was basketball. Yeah, you play ball, Kyrie? Football? Uh, yeah, I played. I played. I played about sixth grade or sixth through or no, no, I played eighth grade actually, and that was the start and finish of mine also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so this year, a big acquisition or a transfer from Waldorf, Brian Smith. And did that, take a, yeah, did that take a little pressure off you, Kyrie, to have another guy that can handle the ball? Like, you've increased your actually assists. You're up to about seven assists a game from 5.5. Mm -hmm. And you and Brian have over 54% of the assists are coming from you guys. Can you explain that relationship and what that's brought to you guys? I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of a blessing because it's like now that – the teams don't have to just worry about me coming off ball screens. They also have to worry about him. We're about the same type of speed, same type of 
playing playing style. So yeah, it really does help a lot as far as like you know keeping my turnovers down and as even with taking breaks and stuff. We also have another ball handler. It helps for sure. Does that help you a lot too, Krieger? Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. I mean, we've got guys that can come off. Well, he starts, and then other mm-hmm. guys too that can come off the bench. But yeah, having B, I mean, he's a great player. He, he has a brother who's uh, a big guy, and you can tell that he's got his work ethic from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he he goes all out in everything he does, and it's nice to have because teams don't know what who to guard. Yeah. Okay, so how does the <laughs> your guys' mindset change uh, when a team goes to like a two-three zone that you've seen a lot, trying to stop that pick and roll and force you guys to maybe kick it out to a Malinkovic or Smith? So mm-hmm. how does that game plan change for you too? Um, I mean, I would say that it it we try not to change, and Fletch tells us all the time, no matter what kind of defense they play, we got to stay playing our basketball, our mm-hmm. style. So we see them going to a two-three, we know. Um, we can't waver from what we do best because we do that. I mean, you can see it sometimes. Uh, we'll struggle a little bit, but then we'll f- we'll come back to how we play and we can uh, destroy their whatever defense they're playing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Does a double team, I see like in that 2-3, they're just trying to double you down low, Krieger. Do you just try to kick it out, or what is your mindset on that? Yeah, it's definitely wait to see if they're coming for that double because sometimes they'll kind of bluff a little bit. But if I know they come, it's just uh, – Got to relax a little bit, calm down, take a few steps, and then kick it out to who's ever open. Because if they want to double, we'll, we'll just kick it out, and we're a good three-point shooting team. Definitely so. got shooters. Yeah, shout um, out to all the shooters too. Yeah, Shrup and Vaughn and Nelson, they've definitely been hitting it for you guys, especially since that California, because that opens it up for you. Your mm-hmm. guys' pick and roll and all mm-hmm. your, your spacing—that's your biggest thing, yep. isn't it? Yep. So now uh, Jacob Milinkovic came this year. How has it been now? You have three Milinkovic's on the team. <laughs> Can you explain that dynamic? You know, it's it's, it's an it's, interesting it's, group, man. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of. I get a you get your fair share of Milinkovic throughout yeah. every day, but love them all. I mean, Jacob's a great player. You could from the beginning. I mean, he wanted to be on varsity when mm-hmm. he came, and he sh- it shows because I mean he tries in practice, and he doesn't care about anything that he does. It's just trying to get the team. Uh, the best looks possible. Yeah. Yes. He, he also had a great game uh, yesterday at North Central. I remember he had a, a layup mm-hmm. and then he got a steal right away for a foul. And yeah. I mean, that, that's something that he does really well. He definitely has the worth ethic for sure. He definitely one of the hardest working players on the team. Nice. Uh, so Krieger, you just scored your thousandth point a couple of weeks ago in Morris. What's your kind of mindset? I was talking to Abby and and I guess last week on there, like they knew they'd probably get it that day and they just wanted to get it over. Did you, what did you think? Do you want to get it over or you didn't really let it affect you? Or uh, It definitely didn't affect me, but I definitely thought like, I just want to get it over with because people would keep asking. And I mean, teammates knew and everything. It's just, uh, just wanted it, kind of sad to say, but I just wanted it over with just because you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, obviously we, you know, doesn't matter when it comes or if it comes, but, you know, get the team a win. But it's a cool accolade to get, and then now it's just continuing on to get as many wins as we can. Yeah, last night you actually now have made the most field goals in Bethany history, looking at the record. And you're Did first not know that. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, in just three years you're leading on blocks. Uh, so And this is all in just three years, so it's pretty pretty impressive. Kyrie, you're kind of, you're already in the top five in assists, and you haven't finished your second year. 
you don't really look at the record book or how much do you guys look at the record book? you just gonna I wait mean, honestly we don't we don't hear about it unless somebody else tells us mm-hmm. honestly so i mean that's pretty cool i didn't know that either yeah and it's definitely we don't really look but now that it's kind of in our heads i mean i know i'll go look after this just to kind of see what it's at i mean we're definitely stats people you know if it's us or if it's our teammates or mm-hmm. Whatever stat it is, we're definitely stats people, and we like to look at that. I mean, personally, it's cool, and I I think we can't take that away from ourselves. Um, But we just know that we do it for the team and for each other because that's who we play for. Yeah, we know the bigger picture. Yes, all right. So one more question before we get into the rapid fire, really. So you guys had a big game against Northwestern before Christmas break. Krieger, you hit that game winner in overtime, a very exciting game. What are you, is your guys' focus? That's going to be tough to go to Northwestern on the road. What are what are the keys to that game coming week? You got a week to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I w- I would say just take it one day at a time. Uh, we gonna start by getting better in practice for sure. Uh, and then we just got to keep that mindset of you know we gonna come we're gonna come there and try to try to get a win at Northwestern. Yeah, it starts with, like you said, starts with practices. We get better one day at a time. We can't look ahead to Wednesday yet. Mm-hmm. We got to continue to uh, work on what we need to work on um, and then stick together, too. I mean, that's the one thing we can't waver. It's a tough gym to play in. They're a good team, but we just know we got to stick together and we can definitely win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely will be a fun one in a week. Both Bethany and Northwestern are tied 11 and one. Superior had yesterday off, so they're 10 and one, but they're right behind as well. All right, let's get to the rapid fire right here. Here we go. Yes, sir. I'll start off with you, you Krieger. What do, What do you like more, a big block or a dunk to uh, get the crowd going? Definitely a dunk. I mean, it's just something you hear. You kind of <laughs> hear that rim snap too, and yeah, definitely a dunk. Kyrie, would you rather have a break a guy's ankle, step back three, or throw an alley oop pass to Krieger or Nielsen? Either one, honestly. Either one is exciting to me. All right. What's your guys' least favorite team in the UMAC? Oh. <laughs> For me, Scholastica. Uh, probably MLC. Okay. Who wins two-on-two, Brian Smith and Krieger or Jared Malinkovic and Kyrie? Jared Malinkovic and Kyrie. Yeah, okay. I would have to disagree <laughs> with that. You know, having a – you don't have a big. We do we, have a – we don't need a big. Jared? And, okay. I mean – you got point guard, big, no question. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right, here's the stat of the pod. Justin Shrupp, he, he was 0 for 5, but he still has a 44.8% three-point shooter. Coach Fletcher was 44.8% from outside the arc when he was at SMU record. Who would win in a three-point contest right now between Fletch. those two? Man, Fletch. That's, uh, that's debatable because Fletch can definitely shoot. Uh but Jay Def can shoot too, so we we just can't. Fletch will come know. into the gym and he'll just start shooting. Fletch, like, I, man, I, you, he still he yeah. still has it. I rarely see Fletch miss. Okay, last one. Who's your favorite NBA player of J- all time? Jason Tatum. Oh, of all, all time. time. Oh, oh. <sighs> that's tough. I mean, no. all time, I'm probably have to say like Carmelo Anthony, but at the moment, Devin Booker for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna say. Right now, I'd say Jason Tatum, but I'd say all-time Kobe. I mean, yeah. he's just he's done it all. Yeah, heard you. All right, thanks for joining us, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, now we're going to talk to the track and field stars, Ben Twite and Marissa Voss. Ben Twite's a distance runner, 
and Marissa Voss is a sprinter and participates in all three different jumps, the long jump, the triple jump, and the high jump. How are we doing today? Beautiful. Just I'm, fantastic. I'm not quite that good, but, you know, I'm up there. Come on, I'm man. There. It's a good day. Good day. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So track and field is a little bit of a different type of sport. What is the process of these meets that you go to and how do they match up and differ from other type of sports? Well, I think track and field is really different from any other sport um, because essentially there's like a lot of tournaments and a lot of games and ours is we sit at a meet for six hours a day. Like while the time I'm doing four or five events, Ben's only doing one event. You know, it's very much everyone's doing different things and we're competing against d2 schools maybe d1 schools d3 schools at different meets so i think it's really different and it's more challenging but it's like fun well maybe not for ben because i'm done i'm like i'm gonna leave he's like i haven't ran my 5k yet so <laughs> it is kind of bad from that point where i'll literally like this last weekend i sat at msu for seven hours before i raced while like my roommate keegan rich he does literally everything and so he was doing things just one after the other after the other going from this to that to the other thing and so he's all busy and I'm sitting there just waiting for my my opportunity so what type of apps do you play when you do you have a go-to game or something while you're waiting um typically if it's like a Saturday meet then I'll be checking uh college basketball scores but um otherwise I'm just sitting there watching my teammates perform and hope that they do their best you talked about Keegan Rich and uh, how he's got the record for the long jump. Jake Marzinski, uh, he's got the record for the triple jump a couple weeks ago. And so those two kind of compete with each other, even though they're on the same team. Like, how does that relationship go that you're on the same team, but yet you guys are kind of competing with each other? It's definitely uh, an elevation for both of them. They're two kind of different they approach it differently so Keegan is very um you know he he's kind of outgoing outside of the meet but then when he gets to the meet he kind of shuts himself off from everybody and he's laser focused and whatever with Jake he's kind of consistent so like he doesn't talk to a whole lot of people um at practice because he's just in it and then when he gets to the meet it's just the same way but when they come in and they compete it's very obvious that they want to beat each other. And so they'll, they'll check each other's last jump at the, when they put it up and be like, okay, what do I have to beat now? So like Keegan did not get a hot start at this last meet, but then when he saw that Jake was doing really well, he's like, okay, now I gotta do better and settle down. And they both ended up having really good meets. Yeah, Jake got a, the weekly award for the UMAC. He won the triple jump in UW Stout Open a couple weeks ago and recorded the school record for 13.55 meters on that jump and he topped the UMAC and ranked sixth in the central region. So good start for him as a freshman. And also running Sarah Pressler and Sienna Hoppy in the mile and 800, they're in like the top two so they're competing with each other pretty much as well. How, what have you seen from Sienna Hoppy, the freshman, and how Sarah Pressler's kind of took her under her wing? and teach yeah so um like kind of like ben was saying this sport is very much we're on the same team but we're kind of like each other's driving force like okay i see this person wants to do something okay i'm gonna do better and it's a weird relationship because you're on the same team but you still are like they're kind of like rivals sienna and sarah are 
they work so well together. They've been together in cross country. Um, ben can attest to that. I can't. I wasn't in cross. But, you know, those two are very compatible, very pushing in practice. Even today that you guys were doing a build or they were doing a building workout and it was like Sarah right there, Sienna right behind her. And I think it just pushes them to be the best that they can be. And it's really awesome that they're one, two right now just to keep themselves going. And they're really good friends. They're, they work well together and you can tell, well, they're teammates, they're pushing themselves and they're on each other's heels. But at the end of the day, they're still friends. So it's really good for them and they're doing really well right now. Yeah, it's just kind of fun to talk about like how those two like interact, but it's good that they work together. And then when they get to the meet, like they know it's go time. Everyone is your competition. So let's go a little more uh, focused on you, Ben. So what influenced you to be a runner? Because you got to have some type of endurance or some type of like will to want to do that every year. Honestly, it started in grade school and it was specifically so that I would be in shape for basketball because I love basketball growing up. Like that was what my dad did when he was here at Bethany and I wanted to be the next great shooter, the next great Twite shooter because that's, nice. that's my family. And so I wanted to stay in shape, so I joined cross country, and eventually I figured out I was better at running than I was at basketball, so I stuck with running, and now here I am. That's awesome. You have the indoor 5,000-meter record for Bethany with 16 minutes, 19 seconds. That's pretty impressive. That's over three miles, right? Yes, sir. So, like, what kind of men mentally do you have to do? to get prepared for that and like what do you think about when you're running like that long you have to have something going in your head so preparing it's a lot of things outside of practice you have to run on your own a lot more than other people do and you have to know um going in so that was at freshman uh indoor conference meet and so i got the heat sheet and i was looking i'm like okay who do i have to take down who do i have to stay with and Coach Dunn is very good about giving you what splits you're supposed to hit, and he will get on the track and scream them at you as you <laughs> cross the lap marker. But uh, that race, a lot of it was, um, I just kind of, like, if I think I do bad, and that was a race where my head was just kind of blank, and I was just sticking with the guys that were in front of me and staying right next to them and ended up breaking the school record. That's awesome. So, like, you, you talked about your coach would tell you, like, the splits and stuff. So what? how do you keep your pace? Like, what is your idea or your strategy for that usually on those type of long-distant runs? Uh, depends on the race. For a mile, typically <coughs> coach is big on starting a little bit faster, and then um, if you have to ease off, you can. Whereas in distance, and I've already messed this up a couple times this year, <laughs> um, I've started out fast for distance events and you can't you can't do that. You have to stay consistent. So you have to calm down and take it out slow, make sure you're maintaining um feel out the rhythm. There's, you know, there's a different rhythm in your footsteps when you go different paces. So feel that out and continue it and then at the end you give it everything you got. Nice. So you talked about, you said with mentally preparing, it's a lot of like practicing to get you ready for that. What are you, is a typical practice for you? A typical practice is if I physically go to practice. So Monday, Wednesday morning, um, we'll do repeats. We'll do core mobility at the end. We'll do 
various sorts of things but on my own it'll be a super long run like minimum 40 45 minutes and upwards of like 75 minutes it kind of depends on the week but there's various aspects of it so kind of depends on the day they go hand in hand together day by day by day being in minnesota there's a lot of cold weather what's the coldest you probably ran outside and then where's your limit for running outside uh coldest i've ran outside yeah i mean i've i've run in negatives before but i cut that one short oh my god longest i've gone shirtless um it was 30 degrees once and i took my shirt off but i was already six miles into that so i was pretty hot but uh my cutoff probably now would be maybe about 10 degrees then i'll keep it indoors and do an elliptical or something so that i don't have to endure that because now i'm running you know hour plus so yeah that's that's interesting um let's move on to marissa marissa your dad's an assistant coach how did he impact your track and field life is that what got you into the sport or um i would say yeah as anyone you know like ben talked about he wanted to do what his dad did with basketball and you kind of want to follow in your parents footsteps for a lot of sports i knew he was big into track i actually did basketball and i did it until 10th grade because he was a coach and then seventh grade came around and i was like i've always always wanted to run always when i was younger i'd always raise all the guys <laughs> like on the playground i was like so like you think you're faster than me no and then i would <laughs> i would beat them but he has been such a big role in my life. It's a really funny thing, though, because I do high jump here. It's probably my favorite event and my best event. I did not start high jump until I came into college. And I did high school track 7th through 12th grade. And I was on varsity at 8th grade. So I never did high jump at all because I'm five foot one. The, real, like, the reality of me being a good high jumper was like non-existent. He always, I always bugged him about it. He's like, well, do stuff that you're good at. Like, you're good at other stuff. Don't do other stuff. Don't do high jump. So I was like, okay. And I got to college, and he was like, so you're good at high jump. I was like, yeah. Yeah, should have brought it in earlier. But he decided to join this year, which has been super awesome. You know, it's been me, me and him right now. For the majority, I'm his only, like, high jumper, which is how I like it personally. <laughs> I get to that one-on-one time with him, and he's he's a great coach. I mean, he's probably – one of the best coaches for in high school for Southern Minnesota, and that's not an exaggeration. He's had multiple, multiple athletes go to state in high school, and so he wanted to try to take his, you know, his level up a little bit and go collegiate. And it's been it's been fantastic. I'm excited to see how indoor and outdoor will go with him this year, and especially at conference coming up, which is on my birthday. So I get to high jump with my dad on my birthday. That's pretty sweet. That's a pretty awesome relationship you have right there. So. You were all conference with high jump last year, right? Yeah. And you're top three right now, so you said the top two go to all conference, right? Correct. So what are you going to try to do these next meets to get into that top two? So that's the hard thing is, you know, sometimes my dad looks at me at practice and he's like, it's a process. It's a long process. We're doing end game. Because I get super upset. I'm only jumping four nine right now. My PB is like 4.11 and change. So that's been a little thing that's hard for me is that, wow, I haven't been jumping good in my mind, but in practice I've been jumping over 410, and it just comes to the meet, and sometimes it, it doesn't pan out for you. Sometimes it doesn't work for you. But to do that, we're going – I'm taking a little break for this next meet coming up. I've got hockey, and then I also have uh, ab strain right now going on and find those kind of adversities. So we're taking a break this weekend, but then next weekend we'll be back at Carleton, and 
I don't know, grinding in practice, doing two to three weeks in practice, two time, two or three times in practice high jump, and then really working on it. So then at Carlton, which is probably my favorite place to jump at, I've almost got five foot there. And so we're hoping to do that again and try to get up there with Lexi from St. Slaskin and beat out a superior girl to get second. So that's the goals. Sweet. Uh, you also triple jump, long jump, and you're a sprinter. So can you explain some of the nights after a meet how your legs feel on that process I'm dead <laughs> my legs are dead after meets um we were at msu last weekend did the dmr and the 400 so didn't distance medley relay it's like 400 800 mile and a 1200, 1200. yeah so i did that on friday went to the meet on saturday did high jump um triple jump and then i did the 600 meter run i can't even imagine right like and isn't that funny like 25 laps for me was bad but going from event to event to event and doing that yeah. plus a 600 which coach doesn't really train her at that i can't even imagine the pain that you had that <laughs> night um I, it was so like it's funny that like ben says that because i had ice on my shins because my i've I've, the last two years I've had very bad shin splints because I do so much, but I never want to stop it. So I like I was like, I've been waiting for this all day. And I'm not even kidding. I've been waiting to ice because my legs just get to the point where I'm like, I can't jump anymore. Like I just ran a 600, did all that. I can't do a good triple jump. I managed to get 30. I managed to get a season's best this year, but I have no idea how, because after that I was like, I, this is bad. Like I feel like I was like, went to bed at like 10 o'clock that night. And so it's really hard when you're doing stuff like Keegan, Keegan and I do, like the most versatile athletes. It gets pretty hard on your body. You fight injuries on a daily basis, but like, I pretty sure Keegan would agree with me I, we wouldn't want it any other way yeah well thanks for joining us or joining me today I think I learned definitely a lot more on the track and field because it's not like other sports you gotta I feel like to observe it or talk to people in it to really have a knowledge or foundation and knowing the sport so I really appreciate you educating us and the fans about what track and field are and we'll maybe talk to you guys a little later in the year and good luck with the rest of the season awesome thank you, thank you. Sadly, this is the end of this week's podcast, but next week we'll be joined by some of the women's players. We'll talk about the outcome of the, both of the big games at Northwestern for men and women. See you next week.